Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And today's guest reached out to us and uh, said, hey, I got this to share with you. And we we're like, yes, you would be perfect. So <laughs> we decided to have her on. Her name is Risa. Hi, thanks very much for having me. I, I, I found your podcast and I thought, you know, I would love to be part of that because in, in my life and my work, I constantly struggle with the believe, non-believe questions. And, you know, I, I would tell you that I am a, definitely a believer, but I also have moments of skepticism too. And uh, I, I'm trained as a journalist in, in my day job life, and that brings in the skepticism. But mm-hmm. the truth is I'm, I'm always a believer. I'm like David Duchovny on the X-Files. I want to believe. Yes. Yes. So. That's part like, of that's where our name yeah. came from. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I feel like that's definitely Eric and I as well. Just like, you know, we, we don't have the answers. No one really, I guess, <laughs> technically has the answers. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to believe, but there's definitely still uh, lots of healthy skepticism, you know, mm-hmm. there still, which mm-hmm. is necessary, I feel like. So, I, yeah. Very so much so, yeah. yeah. And there are times, you know, I'm also a ghost tour guide, and there are times when people will say, I think I'm in a cold spot when I can see they're next to a drafty window. (laughs) And I I don't want to, I don't want to take away their experience. But I I always like to point out, like, actually, ma'am, sir, you're you're next to a drafty window from the 1800s. I'm sure it's a cold spot. (laughs) 100% positive. (laughs) I feel like the temperature just dropped here. You're standing under an AC vent. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. You know, yeah. I feel like those kinds of mundane things definitely have to be accounted for. Uh, just recently, we were t- I, I had uh, gone to Ireland and, and vis- or, uh, did a tour in one of like their oldest jails. And the, our tour guide was like, you know, saying his spiel, blah, 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 giving us history. And then it was like, and the door's about to slam. And then it just slammed shut. And he's like, it was the wind, guys. I was like, no, tell me it was a ghost that was haunting this place. Don't tell me it was like, I know it was wind. It's all drafty in there. But like, you just want that like extra spook factor, I guess. But uh, it's, so he sounds very reasonable, just like you. Like, no, actually. <laughs> no, I, I've definitely lived through things that I can't explain. I've heard so many stories from people of things that there was no mundane explanation. I mean, and they I know people who eliminated things like having the HVAC checked and Stuff like that, you know, when nothing else is left, only only the almost unbelievable is what's there. Yeah. And and I mean, that's too what it's about is like, even if, okay, you can uh, figure out what all these other things are, like, even if there's one, just one thing that you can't explain, like it, yeah, it's it's going to leave you like, what is that? What what just happened here? Um, and I think, yeah, that's the. Uh, that's the hook that kind of gets all of us is like that one thing that you just can't explain. And, you know, it's been my experience that the more you open to it and the more you open and the more you receive that it happens more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So the more you entertain the possibility, it's almost like the other side reaches back. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A thousand percent. Yeah. And, and even just doing this podcast and, you know, you think you're going to get some things answered and it's just now you just have more, more questions, questions. When you started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think that's, that's definitely relatable. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. Or you well, think you know, and then you just find out you know nothing. Yes. That's also a thing. Yes. <laughs> but, Risa, we always end, uh, or we always start with, not end, we always start with asking our guest uh, one very important question, and then mm-hmm. we kind of get into everything. But the question is, what was your very first paranormal experience that you can remember? So I'm going to answer this probably unusually. My very first paranormal experience that would fall under the paranormal tag is that as a very small child, I remembered my previous life. Mm, I would wake up as a baby screaming that I thought I was drowning. I could see a boat above me. I could see fish swimming past me. I can see it in my mind perfectly clearly right now. I'm in clear Caribbean water. And of course, I I'm, I didn't come from the Caribbean. That isn't a memory I should have had. I... <laughs> I very clearly remember that my feet were tied and weighted, so I could oh. not swim. And I could see a wooden boat getting smaller and smaller as I sank into darkness in my lungs, the pain in my chest when I would have this memory. Um, I would have it dreaming. I would have it waking if I sort of zoned out. And I, as a baby, I didn't understand. I would scream and scream and scream. And even as a, a, a small child with a limited vocabulary, I would try to explain to my parents what was going on. And it, it sort of led them down the path of trying to figure out what, what could it be. And it led them into the two of them studying more about reincarnation and trying to figure out like this little girl, what is going on with her? How does she have a memory of a place she's never been, couldn't have seen, no idea about? And um, the other very fascinating fact about this memory is that I was most definitely a man in it. I Mm. was not in the form I am in now. So years later, I finally went, actually, it was this year, and I'm 48. um, I finally went and had a past life regression. And I was under for almost four hours. Oh. I apparently that's quite a long session. I didn't realize till later. I can tell you for sure. It took me almost two days of rest to recover. I it was bet, a lot, yeah. but um, I learned a lot more about that lifetime. Um, I learned who I was, who that man was. Um, that uh, he he was what we would call a pirate, but he didn't think of it that way. He thought that he was completely entitled to the things he took. <laughs> And As do that, most pirates. Yeah, and that the people that had them didn't need them. And uh, he had uh, a lot of resentment about being um, basically punished for his crimes and killed in the way that he was. But uh, it, it was fascinating to get to know him after having his memory with me my literally my whole life. That that's what I mean. Yeah, we. I don't think we've ever had anyone that had like has experienced a past life like this or remembers it, and um, and and even still remembers it to this day. Because I I feel like a lot of kids who have had you know past life memories like at a mm-hmm. certain age it stops and then they forget all about it. So the fact that you can still remember that and it was just that vivid. That's especially you know, being are, at a or Sorry. the kids are told to forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say even even at an age where you say that you couldn't even like verbalize, yeah, yeah, what you were trying or what you were experiencing, you know. And when you said that, I was like, I totally thought pirate was like the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting how sometimes the uh, the karma you carry 
um, is, is something I, I think one of the reasons I remember that particular life so well was that I was carrying guilt for the things that I had done. And it is something that I've had to work out over the course of a lifetime. And mm. his wasn't the only lifetime that came through in the regression session. Um, several others did as well. I had lived a life as a dancer. I had in London, um, mm. much, much beyond that. I had lived a life in um, some Germanic country where I persecuted witches, oh. <laughs> which was terrifying to me because yeah. I'm... I'm so flipped on the opposite side yeah. of that now. Yeah. And uh, then they, they pulled out another life where I was a man living in some very northern Scandinavian type place. I had a huge horse and uh, that horse was a dog in this lifetime. We were together again. So it, it so many things came out, so many unexpected connections that I would have never imagined, um, had never entertained. Uh, stories I have never read or told or anything like that. And it, when I listened back to the recording of the things I said under hypnosis, I was amazed. Yeah. I was wow. amazed that those memories were somehow stored where, I don't know, subconscious, yeah. the ether, you know, yes, the, that one. The, the liminal. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It's, I, I, sorry that like Eric probably has absolutely no idea what I'm talking about because this you just said liminal I'm not even joking that is probably the eighth time I have heard it in the span of just a few days about the liminal and liminal spaces and I don't know I'm like is this has to be at this point this has to be a, some sort of like message of something because th literally our first time talking you have absolutely no idea what I have been listening to watching or reading right? so just or maybe I'm just stuck on that word but Literally, I don't no, know. I can't, I can't even. I, believe, I can't even. I believe in yeah. signs. <laughs> I, I, can, I can't even. I can't even. You a sign. Yeah, like I, I, I cannot think of any other guest that we have had that has said liminal. No, <laughs> you're none. our only guest. Because <laughs> so this is I, literally the first time I'm hearing it. So for those yeah. of us who don't know what it is, if you, well, either one of you could please explain. Do you want to take it, or would you like me to? I mean, mine is very basic. It's just like an in between of like. Mm -hmm something like an in-between space like uh like not a heaven not a hell not a black nor, nor a white like it's just something in the middle like right in, in a spiritual sense it usually yeah. means the space where soul exists but not matter that mm -hmm. place between um past and present that is open what is happening i'm getting like full body <laughs> full body chills because i don't know She's and in I'm a closet, so there's no drafts. Yes, yes, that's true too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know that is okay. Now I have to like really sit and think about that because I don't know what is trying to. Uh, well, I will through. tell you the only way to walk the liminal is to use your intuition, and mm. most of us have been taught not to do that, mm. and um, it it's the ultimate act of self trust. So perhaps you're being called upon to listen to your gut feelings, your, um, your intuition, the things that are being whispered to you by whoever it is, your higher self, your spirit yeah. guides, your angels, your ancestors, you know, source energy, whatever, whatever it is that you believe is there. It could even be a ghost, but, um, <laughs> I, to be in, in full disclosure, I don't think ghosts are scary. I'm, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of cryptids. I am mostly afraid of people. But yeah, um, fair. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I would say that the message for you is is to 
open up to the messages coming. I, yeah, I I struggle with like the the whole believing, like we want to believe kind of thing, you know. And and sometimes I feel like I'm a little too like like left brain, right brain kind of thing. Like I'm too extreme <laughs> on one end. I'm like, no, 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 that like Nessie, no. Bigfoot, maybe though. Um, but then I'm like, when I really like sit with it, I'm like, do I? And, and, and I don't know, there's part of me that like wants that whimsy and magic and believes in that. And then there's a part of me that is like, grow up. It's all bullshit. Science. And I, even though magic too. I was about to say, yeah, even though I know that like, honestly, at this point, science and magic are just like blending mm-hmm. for me, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Weird. I mean, I'd love to respond to that. If you have a yes, no, please do. Yeah. Yes, so first of all, I think that everything is magic and everything is questioned until we in our, um, <laughs> Our analytical brains as humans, which is kind of um, different from any other species on Earth, all who live by instinct and intuition, except us. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, think about how any animal or insect or fish lives. It's not like us. They follow their intuition and instincts. We don't. We fight them. We fight our intuition, especially. And it's kind of a, a sad thing because it's the way we've lost touch with the planet, too. And if you think about the basic tenets of, say, um, old witchcraft, right, which is to live aligned with the pattern of the moon and the patterns of the earth, the seasons, celebrate the harvest, celebrate the coming of spring. This was a very intuitive way to live. It It made sense to live on a planet and to honor the planet's system, basically, and instead, as humans, we decided to inhabit a planet and fight its systems. And in all of us, there's still that longing to go back, to hear nature, to feel yeah. the spirit of the planet we live on. We are part of it. We are. Um, most people don't feel that way, but we are. And it it is a lost thing for most of us humans to connect with literally the spirit of the planet we live on and that's that sounds super tree hugger and yes i, I am a tree hugger <laughs> um, i'm not even going to pretend to be otherwise but as i have done a lot of my own research into esoterica so much of the fear around everything uh, around all the old folklore and the superstitions it came from systems that had nothing to do with living on this planet but more about control And we were taught to be afraid of the monsters and we were taught to be afraid of the ghosts and the witches. And it it didn't used to be that way. Uh, It used to be very different. And when these control systems came in and locked us down as a society, we bought in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't just mean as Americans, I mean, as a a globe, a global society, we bought in. So all of that said, over time, things that used to be magic, like weather, have been explained by science. It used to be that witches would get killed when there was a storm, because it was obviously their fault. Yeah. <laughs> and half of those women and the men that died were probably not even witches. They were just someone in the wrong place at the wrong time. They had nothing to do with the weather. And it's extremely unfortunate that um, superstition killed them. But 
the reality is that now we understand the weather patterns have nothing to do with magic. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of time. Like now we also understand that trees communicate through the mushrooms. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. We didn't know that even 15 years ago. And we yeah. also understand so much <clears throat> more about our own brains and how we function that it, even something simple like the act of walking barefoot outside is healing to us because mm-hmm. we belong walking outside barefoot. So yeah. that was a really long response. But anyway, oh, I, I wanted know. I wanted to I wanted to give that back to you to think about as you are being called into that liminal space obviously your yeah. your spirit guides your angels whoever it is this your ancestors whoever's talking to you wants you to come home i there's a full body chills again <laughs> but <laughs> but no like I, I i truly believe that because or, or or something you know because i yes i have heard the word i know what it means but to have heard it so consistently and con- like at least not even exaggerating when i say like two times a day in the last few days like oh, yeah. that is like screaming in your face yeah, it's not a common yeah. word. Yeah, no, yeah. It's like maybe at the in between or like a you know what a purgatory kind of like sort of thing. But to, yeah, so I yeah I have some work to do after this podcast apparently. <laughs> um, but 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 thank you for sharing that too because I I do feel the most magic and uh, I guess not out of place. What's the opposite of not out of place? Um, home. At home home yeah i guess it, like by a tree in the <laughs> ground in nature um and i just have been having a lot of those moments too recently where i'm like just like go over and 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 i don't really consider myself like necessarily a tree hugger but i'm just like i need to touch that tree and i don't know why <laughs> but i i know that you did mention too that you had like your first paranormal experience was technically your your past life uh or remembering your past life but you also said you had a ghostly experience mm-hmm. or a first ghostly experience so i was also interested in hearing about what happened there so i <laughs> maybe because i came in remembering a past life or maybe just because it's who i was gonna be i don't know i i always like to say as a child my third eye chakra was open like a garage door and I had a lot of experiences that I could not explain and I thought it was completely normal and that everybody saw figures that walked through the house that (laughs) weren't necessarily Mm. there um my parents were actually great and they they never accused me of being crazy or anything like that they were like oh she sees ghosts how are we going to handle this um and they handled it by being very accepting, but also telling me, don't tell others. <laughs> it yeah. might not go well. Yeah, yeah. And especially growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania. Probably not the best thing to share <laughs> with others. So I I did learn to keep those thoughts mostly to myself. But um, one of the first ghost entities that I remember having regular interaction with is a kind of a, one of the spookier figures I've seen in my life. And I haven't seen them in a very long time. I used to see a shadow with what paranormal experts call a shadow person. Hmm. And um, I'll say he, I don't know if that's correct or not. He, they um, would walk through the wall of my bedroom. um, Always had literally looked like a walking, moving shadow, very interactive. And I, uh, (laughs) I've always been a very inquisitive person, even as a kid. So um, when they would try to sort of entreat me to, 
do whatever it is they thought I should be doing. I'd be like, but why? Who are you? How'd you get through the wall? And mm-hmm. I eventually it just stopped coming. Um, and I years later, I found out this wasn't just my ghost, that um, shadow people have appeared all over the world, that they are a phenomenon, and that um, they always look just like the one I saw. Um, mm-hmm. Mine did not have glowing red eyes. It just didn't have a face. Um, but some people's have glowing red eyes and maybe mine just thought, oh, if I, if I let my red eyes glow, she'll just ask more questions, (laughs) but, um, they usually want to make a deal. And I don't think mine ever got around to making a deal because I was just too precocious. Um, but they, from my understanding, they tend to look for people who are vulnerable, like children or people who are ill or people are having mental um, mental health challenges, they go after them and sort of become a sort of like a soul sucking attachment. Mm. And I obviously never made an agreement with it. And it just finally left me alone. <laughs> but wow. that was my first paranormal experience. I didn't realize that everybody didn't talk to shadow people, like I said, until years later. And when I became a ghost tour guide and got the manuscript, the script, and they said, Oh, and don't go near this building. There are shadow people. I was like, oh, what's the problem? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you didn't have a shadow person friend growing up? Like, what? Yeah, I was like, I used to talk to one all the time. What's the problem? And they're like, oh, they're dangerous. I was like, oh, now you tell me. <laughs> so, so that's so interesting, too. And I think Eric and I were just talking about shadow people or at last least in that. Yeah, this last episode. <clears throat> Um, and I asked because I've, I've heard the red, the glowing red eyes. I've also heard glowing yellow eyes. And now I'm like hearing like yours, which I feel like I've always kind of heard of like just no eyes. It's just a shadow. No face, so I, yeah. yeah. Like I'm almost wondering if there's some sort of like hierarchy of like if it's red, if it's yellow, if it's none. I have or, heard like, that. I have know. heard that theory before. Okay. I've heard that theory before, too. Obviously, I don't know the answer. I yeah. Um, it's not an area of ghost lore that I've done a ton of research into. I'm much more fascinated by um, interactive spirits of people who I can identify. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's sort of my uh, my passion and area of expertise when it comes to ghosts. Uh, I love to research a building and find out who is this ghost? Why are they mm-hmm. still here? What was their life like? What is it they want to talk about? But yeah. um, the shadow people fall into a totally different category. I don't I don't necessarily believe they're souls of particular people. I think there's something else. Hmm. And I'm I'm not sure what. I don't know that I can explain that belief. It, this is this is my intuition talking. I think they're just something that walks the liminal. And um in indeed they definitely have a bad feeling about them. And um everybody I know except me who encountered one was immediately scared. I think I just didn't know to be afraid. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's, it's like I said earlier, I, I don't carry a lot of fear in this category, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, like bad drivers. Yeah. I'm afraid, <laughs> but, um, I, especially now as an adult, I understand energetic boundaries a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that as a kid, but I also, you know, I also knew not just to agree to anything anybody said, even if they, I thought they were ghosts. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe that uh, personality trait saved me from bad fate. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I would definitely, I I wish that we didn't have that like innate fear, especially as children. Because um, I, I know, I mean, well, Eric and I have had experiences and it's always a fear-based reaction. Even to with this the, day. 
Yeah, even to this day. I was going to say maybe with the exception of like one or two experiences, but like for the most part. And and it's I'd like hearing you saying like, yeah, I just wasn't scared. I'm like, yeah, like I want I when I think about like what ghosts are, or I guess could be like there, there is no reason to be afraid. But I, I don't know. It's, it's a it's fear. a taught fear. It is a taught fear. Um, so psychologists will tell you that we're only born with two fears. One is falling which is totally reasonable because yeah. you can get hurt. <laughs> um, and the other is loud noises going off right near us. Again, totally reasonable. Every other fear is learned. And some of them are good, like learning not to put your hand on the hot stove. You know, I had but- to learn the hard way, but yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the fear of ghosts is taught. And I think that uh, in our our society where we associate ghosts with Halloween, with evil, with, you know, all yeah. these things that, why, what proof do we have that they're evil? None. Yeah. What? Yeah. They're not, I mean, okay. With the association with Halloween, going back to Samhain and, you know, Dias de las Muertes. Yes. Those are the souls of the dead, but in other traditions, they're respected and revered and celebrated and ours mm. were, were afraid. Right. Yeah. Well, it, like for example, in, in Dia de los Muertos, that is definitely a celebration of, you know, the Life. people who have passed on. Yes. Right. Life and death. And but the thing is, then. It, and it's funny that, that that's a, a more of a Latin American thing, because also in Latin America, uh, like the religion that's very heavily practiced Prominent. is is Catholicism. So yeah. in Catholicism. <clears throat> a lot of this stuff is seen as evil and because I've had my fair share of, of people tell me like what I do is or what I talk about is going to bring evil onto me or is not good or witchcraft mm. or burning sage is witchcraft and and you know not praying to to God is not a good thing which I do pray to God it just not it just don't follow that yeah. religion anymore, you know. Like I don't mm-hmm. believe fully in the religion or, or their mm-hmm. practices, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, like it's it's that's why it seems really weird to me. But definitely, growing us growing up Catholic, I think may have had with something to do with that fear right. that we experience. It it is fascinating when you study how cultures around the world look at death, mm-hmm. and it. This is this is a little dark, but it it is inevitable for all of us. No one gets out alive, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things about the idea of a ghost is that you immediately have to accept the idea of a soul. Mm-hmm. And if a ghost can be real, our souls are eternal. And then suddenly, whatever religion you practice or know has to have an answer. Mm-hmm. has to have an answer about souls. And it's interesting to look at it from so many, there's so many different points of view for this, you know, pick any religion and keep looking and then look more, you'll find more because it's sort of like the profound question of is everything we have preserved in our soul or does it die with us? All of the things we loved, all of the things that we did, um, all of the things we learned in each lifetime, does it go on to the next lifetime or does it literally die with us? Mm-hmm. Or can it get stuck? I mean, the idea of a ghost is something that's stuck. Yeah. Right. You know, we know none of us really want to get stuck. That's not the best. 
So that's, that's actually one of the reasons that I, as I've started to think about ghosts, even many, many, many years ago, I was not scared. I, I kind of felt sad for them. I kind of felt like having had a memory of a past life so early, I thought, oh, wow, they don't get that. They don't get to move on to the next thing. They're, they're stuck. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was another rambling answer, but yes. No, that's, that's <laughs> great. Because I also think it's funny when, when people who are very like religious or, or, you know, in our case, Catholic, and they're like, oh, I don't believe in ghosts. It's like, well, yes, you do actually, because you believe in the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> that's technically. Yeah, there's know. a lot of interesting <clears throat> stuff in the Bible, and um, it's always important to remember um, that King James, of, King James of England rewrote the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he changed a lot back then. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't know anybody who reads Aramaic. So the mm-hmm. original Bible is unknown to me. Yeah. But um, most Americans know that King James Bible. And he he kind of reformed it in his own image. Yeah. So he made things evil that he thought were evil. And um, he also made it a bit more male-centered than maybe it might have been before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but like I said, I, I don't read Aramaic. I can't yeah. read the original or whatever's left of those tablets. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I was actually talking to Michelle and I think I sent her some videos on TikTok of this girl, this <laughs> this woman that I follow or I started following recently because she talks a lot about the, the Bible, the Quran and, and the, mm-hmm. the Torah. And like basically all those books are the same story just yes you know just like in the bible they took out certain books that the torah still has or that mm-hmm. the quran still has and like there's a whole book in there called the book of thomas i believe it is where he talks they talk about like the early life of jesus like when he was a child mm-hmm. uh and there's um a section i believe in the quran where they talk about because they talk about jesus in there and his crucifixion and they talk about when he's put in the tomb and and uh like that part, i believe that part of the bible was a, a very uh female like you mentioned like it's very female centered like there's a lot of women in that section of the bible right. or in, in in that book but it's just you know and i i watched i was listening to this other podcast where they talked about how there was this group that got together when they were putting together what you know the, the bible that they use in, in i guess christian religions uh and they decided which I guess is what you're, what you're talking about. They decided what was going to be in their book and which, um, which books, you know, from the prophets and stuff like that didn't align with what they wanted to teach. So they took those out and only put in what they wanted. So it's just kind of like when you, when you hear that kind of stuff, it's just like, well, I mean, really, was it trying to tell the truth about something or was it just trying to tell their truth and control people? You know, it's a very valid question, and it's one we might never know the answer to because so much has gotten lost to time. Mm-hmm. But um, I've wondered about that many times myself, and these are the things that shape history. You mm-hmm. know, Re- faith is is a big piece of what shapes history. I would say uh, faith and uh, money or resources are probably the big ones. They are what shapes history, and uh, sad to say <laughs> that money and resources is the other but it is let's let's be honest yeah and anything that was a threat to either was you know like you said the cutting room floor that's where it went mm-hmm. yeah well 
I, sorry, it's going to kind of go this way um, just because I've been holding on to this question so that I mm-hmm. might not forget. Um, but as, as far as uh, uh, being a, a tour guide and you had made the comments of you love to do the history of these buildings and figure out who the ghosts are, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering who maybe some of your favorites, some of those connections were kind of thing, like figuring out which ghost and why and, and all that. Oh, gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, <laughs> let me think for a second which ones are the best to share. And well, or how you I, figured it I, out, too. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm lucky enough that I was trained by um, a man named Ed who runs Maryland History Tours. And he taught me this philosophy. He taught um, all of his tours are immaculately researched. He knows the names of his ghosts. He knows who who they were, why they died, what their lives were like, um, as far as being able to identify them. I mean, some of the buildings, uh, mediums were needed or um, lots of old research was done, things were dug up. And not all the ghosts are really very old. Some of them don't go back that far. Others go back over 100 years. Um, One of my favorite ghosts um, that we do on our tour well, one of our tours in Ellicott City, Maryland. Um, her name is Loretta, and I've actually encountered her. Many people have encountered her. She's quite an active spirit. And uh, she's in a building that's now the um, <laughs> uh, visitor center for the town, but it's had many, many mm-hmm. lives. Um, she actually came there when it was a funeral home, and um, she had passed away in the town and was brought there and somehow got stuck in the building. And the fascinating thing about this little town, Ellicott City, Maryland, is is bedrock that's built on a composite granite that has quartz crystal in it. Stone tape theory? What's that? Stone tape theory? Like, is that (laughs) kind of, or is this something? (laughs) It's it's energetically sticky. Yeah. And um, it's an incredibly haunted town. Um, Gettysburg is built on the same kind of bedrock. Everybody's heard of Gettysburg. Yes, Mm. yeah. And um, so much happened there. Uh, Never mind the energetic imprint of war, but um, it was on that bedrock. So Mm. back to Loretta. Um, (laughs) My boss first encountered her when he was working in the visitor center and her reflection appeared in his computer screen. And he turned around and she wasn't behind him. And um, it happened a few more times. And he, he named her Catherine. And they would call her Catherine when they thought she was around. And one day she whispered to another person who worked there and said, my name is Loretta. Oh my gosh. And from there, they were able to figure out exactly who she was when she died, that she had been brought there already deceased and that Mm. um, she, she was unmarried and she died fairly young. Um, Now my encounter with Loretta, this is going to sound funny, was in the restroom. Um, I was in the restroom and I had my cell phone on a shelf across from me. It was a very level shelf. There was no way my phone could have randomly fallen. Um, there was no truck going by outside. I watched my phone slide along the shelf to the very end, start to teeter. And I went, Oh no. Oh no. Of course I was using the bathroom. I I couldn't (laughs) grab it. It was out of my reach. And then went ploop. Oh. And the glass cracked. Oh, oh man. And um, we also carry lanterns when we give tours. And um, I, I finally, I said, Loretta, please stop. And the, flip, the handle from my lantern flipped over. 
it's heavy. It's metal. Yeah. It's, a, it's like an old metal lantern. It wouldn't just do that on its own. My phone wouldn't have slid across the counter on its own. It was completely level, no vibrations, nothing. Like the heater wasn't even on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm sure it was her. Um, another time I was in the parking lot of the visitor center leaving after a tour and I was standing there and I suddenly I felt like I like cloudy minded, I confused and I felt a hand on my shoulder and then the light went on in my car as if she was guiding me to leave. Hmm. And um, I, I got in the car and went home and I found out later that um, uh, a bouncer nearby had caught somebody um, following me and had grabbed them right before I went into the parking lot. But I guess Loretta was saying, get in your car, Ooh, lock the door. Just go. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So yes, she's one of my favorite ghosts and I don't always see her when I go in the visitor center, but I always say hello anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. And, and, and having a ghost who is helpful and kind in that way and like trying to guide you, I think that kind of helps what, again, at least Eric and I being so scared of ghosts, like something like that would make me feel a little bit better and maybe less scared, but showing up in my computer screen. What do you say? <laughs> Please don't do that. Like, I think that, that would probably, yeah, be too much. Like, that's one me. of my biggest fears is like, as we're doing this, like just in the dark sections of my computer that I'm going to see <laughs> something <laughs> that I don't want. Well, remember they're reaching out and it, it isn't necessarily to terrorize you. It's just, it's the only way they can reach you. Mm-hmm. And imagine if it was the other way around and that was the only way you had to reach out and you had this lonely in the middle stuck life that was a half life and you couldn't experience, you know, any tangible things like you can't taste, you can't smell, but um, you can project an image or a word. And that was all you had. And the minute you did it to try to reach out to someone, they were like, ah. <laughs> they run away scared. Yeah. So, I mean, fear is always legitimate when you're approaching something new. But um, I always encourage people um, step back and examine it. You know, um, like in Loretta's case, anybody could have been scared. I, I wasn't, though. I was just like, okay, it's Loretta. Mm-hmm. And she's just letting me know she's here. And I'm going to kindly ask her to stop pushing my things down on the floor. You know, are, are you going to give me those thousand dollars that I need to replace my yeah, cell phone? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't think she even understood what a cell phone was or why yeah. I was so upset that the screen was cracked. It still worked. <laughs> and, you know, I used it until actually March of this year. Oh, nice. um, it, it lasted another three years. It was a Google Pixel. And um, <clears> I, <throat> I just kept going with it with the crack down the screen. And I thought of her every single time I looked at that crack. Yeah, I was about to say. Yep. It's a nice little reminder there. Yep. You know, one of my other favorite spirits is um, in Pennsylvania. I do ghost tours there, too, in a town called York. And um, they go out of a group of um, businesses called Royal Square. It's like art galleries and little cafes. It's very cute, very chic, all small businesses. And the businesses share their ghost. Her name is Rose, and she's a little white cat. Hmm. And... um, a company called the dark parlor sponsors my tours there. And I first saw her in there when I was doing tea leaf reading actually. And I was like, Oh, do you have a shop cat? Did you get a shop cat? And the owner's like, no, I was like, well, there's a white cat over there. And I looked over and before the owner could even see her, she darted through the wall and I went, 
Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Just uh, <laughs> I was like, I guess she just went next door. Oh wow. But a lot of people have seen her. Um, she sets off cameras, and uh, she's she's a fabulous little ghost cat. She's super cute and cat like, and she does cat stuff like jump on the counters and like bat at things that she can't actually knock down. And uh, I've even had people on my ghost tour say. I was in such and such store in Royal Square and I saw a white cat. I thought it was their shop cat. I'm like, nobody oh, here no. has a shop cat. Oh my gosh. Nobody wow. has a shop cat. It's We call her Rose. She's she's an animal spirit. This is her home. I always tell people like, this is her place. Everybody yeah. else is just passing through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Oh, now I wish there was some way to do like history on the cats that lived in the area we've tried to figure out um when she might have lived but there have been stores there a long time and none of the stores have had shop cats so it's we'd have to track down residents to see if anybody remembered a white cat that died there she could have been a stray yeah yeah we have tried to find her but no luck yet doesn't mean it won't happen we just haven't found her yet that is so cute, though. That That's less scary. That can pop up behind me. That's fine. <laughs> not a person. You don't mind a ghost cat. <laughs> yes. No, definitely not. That's adorable. Yeah. Uh, I, I love telling that story because so many people really love their cats and dogs, yeah. horses, you know, animal friends. And to think that they also can go on is a, a wonderful relief. It, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. in Rose's case, she got stuck. But um, I think that many of them do, in fact, go on because a soul is a soul. Yeah, I believe one of our guests, Corby, um, had mentioned to us that she had had a cat for a long time and the cat ended up passing. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up getting a cat again later on. But she was drawn to the cat because it reminded her so much of Uh, her previous cat and I think she says she mentioned oh, she right. called out her name or called out the cat's name Cor- and Corby, the right? yeah Corby yeah. Mm-hmm. and the cat um ran over turned there. around yeah like it came to her so oh, she said the new cat yes yeah. the new cat and it came to her and so she ended up you know taking the cat in and uh she said that when she took took the cat home the cat went to all the same spots that her old cat used to go to and so she said that the cat was, you know, her cat reincarnated. Mm-hmm. I I know quite a few animal communicators and one they don't all know each other, I can tell you, but they all talk about that. They all talk about how our animal friends stay with us. They come back mm-hmm. to us. And in the past life regression, I mentioned that. Um, oh, the horse. Yeah, oh, the horse, yeah, the horse right. had come back as my, my last dog that I, I lost last oh. summer was a mm. horse that he and I had apparently ridden into battle together. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because I always describe this particular dog as my knight. Oh. And um, I, I guess I was right on the money. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, since you brought up uh, past life, one thing that I did want to ask was, did you were you able to figure out around what time period uh, that reoccurring uh, memory was happening uh, i don't know exactly what time period and i honestly think it was more recent than um you know like johnny depp pirates of the caribbean (laughs) but um i I don't think it was that long ago i mean there are still pirates today let's be let's be honest yeah but um they they don't all look like johnny depp but (laughs) it's all good so yeah (laughs) um some of the other lives that that i was taken through were much much older um, I would say like 1400s, 1600s. Um, mm. 
the year that I spent remembering my dance dancer life, I was able to research what the history of dance shoes and figure out when she might have lived. Hmm. But um, it, it was pulling the details from the transcript was what helped me try to put years on the lives. And some of them I still couldn't. Um, I, I'm not ready to go under again. <laughs> it yeah. was a lot, but um, I would rather go under with more questions um, to understand the lessons from those lives that they are the ones that came forward, that they are the memories that came to me. I feel well, like I, you being a, a reporter really helps you in all this research. Like investigating. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, yeah. Learning, learning journalism definitely gives you a way of, of thinking and organizing um, your, your brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I was also curious too, re- regarding the past lives, if, if you, especially after having that regression, if you were able to like connect dots of like certain maybe behaviors or interests or anything that are like, why well, I, I love dance, but that makes sense yep. or anything yep. like that. Yeah, yep. okay. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, I, I was a dancer in this life too. Um, mm. I did not do the same kind of dance. I, I was not a ballerina in this life, but um, I loved dance. I had a 10 year dance career and performance career i absolutely enjoyed studying classes i enjoyed going to just doing dance drills for hours felt comfortable to me Mm -hmm. and not all dancers feel that way (laughs) um i was one of the dancers who would dance until my feet would bleed and then when i had that regression i understood why um i had done it before it felt Mm -hmm. familiar um, even being a tea leaf reader, I, in that regression, I met the first version of me who was oh. Scottish oh, wow. and, uh, she straight up said, I taught you to do this. <laughs> I am the reason this came to you so naturally because you, huh. you did it before. So yeah. Um, loves dancing in tea leaves, hates swimming. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> have always been afraid of water. I, um, <laughs> You know, I remember having to take swimming in high school and having panic attacks about getting in the water. Yeah. 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 But yes, those past life pieces do explain a lot about who I, who I am in this life. Yeah. See, that just makes me want to go get a regression even more so now, (laughs) Um, just because. Until you find out you were abducted by aliens. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, no, that but I am. That does come out in people's regressions. I don't want it to. Uh, somebody, I mean, somebody had like, or two people technically were like, yeah, you're abducted. I'm like, please don't tell me that. <laughs> like, I don't need to. <laughs> and so now I'm, I'm scared too. But, um, but I, I would love to see, because like you mentioned, like some things just come like super, super naturally, mm-hmm. uh, come naturally to you. And it's almost like you've done it before or even people that i mean at least you know my my current boyfriend right now like it i remember meeting him and then just feeling like we we've Mm -hmm. done this before like this Mm -hmm. is not the first time and i've never felt that before uh and then getting confirmation from multiple different psychics and and Mm -hmm. people um and not just the general like oh yeah he's your twin flame like that kind of (laughs) stuff but giving like certain details that um certain eras i guess or uh 
time periods mm-hmm. interest us both. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, you love that time period? So do I. And it's like, is that when we knew know, each other? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. But it's always been super fascinating. So, yeah, I, I want to know what connections I have in this life that um, are because of past lives. I think would be very fascinating. And, you know, that I am... Um... <laughs> As much as I am into the paranormal and the supernatural and I I love history, I hesitated for a long time to go to that regression. I was so scared of it. And I'm really glad I got over it. I'm really glad I did it. Uh, I feel more myself. I don't know how how else to explain it. I feel like more myself than I ever have ever. And I understand more about who I am and how I think and the things that I care about. And some of the weird parts of me that never made sense, you know, um, I get it now and I'm more comfortable in my skin. What do you, do you feel like those were little pieces of you that you kind of needed to, to feel complete, like a, like a soul retrieval? I don't know that I, I don't know that I needed them, but they sure helped. Yeah, and okay. you know everybody's on a journey of of understanding and accepting themselves always, mm-hmm. and I think it's especially in the modern world where we're taught we're we're supposed to be so many things. We're supposed to look a certain way. We're supposed to achieve certain things. We're supposed to have certain goals, and that's in every part of our lives, which is incredibly unfair, <laughs> and yeah. uh, expects almost as if everyone should be overachieving all the time. And historically, it was not so, and realistically it's also impossible but um all of that said when I understood more about the lives I had led and I saw those men and women's lives and the things they went through a lot of them I would say suffered greatly and um I understood so much more about my own decision making processes and the way I see the world is through them. I see the world through their eyes. And, you know, the other piece of that is that I, I wish I knew more about my direct bloodline ancestry. Mm. And um, so many members, I'm, I'm a member of a small family and so many people have died <clears throat> that their stories and their history died with them. I have boxes of pictures that I don't know who I'm looking at. I know they were my family. You know, I, I know on my father's side, I'm Spanish. I know on my mother's side, I'm Scottish and English, but I, I don't know who those people were. You know, I couldn't go to Spain and find my distant family. Mm -hmm. And I wish that that piece was, was there for me. And it's okay that it won't be, but um, the fact that I could at least get the past life regression, I can put those puzzle pieces into the grid and get comfortable with them. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I, I really, I do want to, <laughs> I do want to do it. I, I, I think, uh, find someone you yeah. trust, um, talk to them beforehand and expect to need a day or two to kind of bounce back from it. Yeah. It's a lot to digest. Ask. And I, I asked for the recording. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad I have it because yeah. I mean, it was almost four hours, right? So yeah, yeah. it's a lot to digest. I, I will listen to it again. I'm 100% sure, 100% sure. And I will take more from it at that point. Mm-hmm. that's crazy I, I, um another question i had regarding uh 
you know, like being a tour guide, you, you mentioned you love the history. Uh, we've, we have uh, another, I haven't had him on in a while, but I guess a friend of the podcast um, mm-hmm. who he does the history portion of mm-hmm. Ghost. Um, do you get to do any of that, like uh, research and, and figuring out? Okay. I do. Um, I start with, I start on the internet, you know, it's a great, it's a great springboard for me. And then I go to the historical society and I look up the history of the buildings who lived there, who built it, how much did they pay for it? Who did they buy it from? Uh, in Pennsylvania, the tour, it, it was great to, great fun to research cause I did it all myself. It took a while. And, um, so many of the properties were actually sold by like, William Penn's family. It's that <laughs> old, right? Yeah. And um, there's so many f- just fabulous stories about who lived there, what their lives were like. And some of the ghosts are, are people who signed the Declaration of Independence. And wow. so you're able to figure out a lot about them because there's some recorded history of their life. Um, and then, the, of course, there's definitely more recent ghosts. Um, there's a building I'm researching right now. I don't know who the ghost is, um, but I know that she was a cleaning lady because uh, that's how she appears. And she also tells the owner of the current business to get up and get to work. So um, <laughs> if he goes into his office to take a nap, he said he's literally been thrown off the sofa by oh the woman. And he, he hears her mop and broom all the time, and uh, she gets very agitated and more active if the business is untidy. So oh, yeah, um... it's, uh, I'm, I'm like, I've got to figure out who she was, but I mean, mops and buckets haven't been around for hundreds of years. Not, right. that they, not that it would sound familiar to somebody now. So I've, I think that she couldn't have been outside of a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. So That's I'm, crazy. I'm just sniffing around trying to figure out who she was. Have you ever run into any issues of like, uh, you know, people not wanting to share certain information with you and yes. how, do, how do you like maneuver around that? Or do you just kind of, I'm always go? respectful. If they don't want a story told, I don't tell it. Um, especially if they, if it's living family of someone, I, yeah. I don't tell it. I just, there's plenty of ghost stories. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of urban legends and things like that too. Um, almost all the tours I do in Maryland and Pennsylvania, I include urban legends because mm-hmm. it's great to um, dispel them. Yeah, hmm. I, I feel like there's something up in the East Coast over there. I feel like a lot of, um, you know, some of our other guests, whether they're psychics or investigators or, or anything for that matter, it's always it's always up there. And like the creepiest thing, if it's not over there, it's like West Coast. Um, yeah, which, I just feel like it's so old over there. It's yeah. very old. Well, the whole country, remember, before anybody arrived from Europe or Latin America or before we forced the Africans here, it this continent was completely full of people. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, the natives lived all over this continent. And that's one gap in my storytelling because there's no written history mm-hmm. and almost no ghost stories either. There is a town near Pen- in Pennsylvania nearby called Lancaster and there are ghost stories of the natives um, there. But um, that's the only one I've encountered. And it, it's kind of a mystery to me why there aren't more. I, I feel like they sh- there should be because they were everywhere. This was their, their home. This was their continent. Mm. This was their land. And Europeans came in and took it, basically. Yeah. 
and uh, then dragged other people here against their will, let's be honest. But um, I, I always talk about on all of my tours, the natives who were in that region first. I always like to pay respect, but I don't always have a story beyond that. Hey guys, Michelle here. We decided that we were going to split this episode into two parts because we spoke for almost two hours and there is nothing about this conversation that I would like to cut out and I couldn't get it uh, any shorter. So make sure you listen next week for part two. See you then. If you guys would like to get into contact with us, check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media, so make sure you go like, follow, and share on Facebook and Instagram. There's also a listening tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening sites, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you leave a review, we'll read it here on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, caps, and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if you want to reach us besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want. You can send in your stories for Stories of High Strangeness, and if you send them in Spanish, we can translate those for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. See you.